Welcome to the Service Academy Sorority, a space where women that have graduated from the service academies can share their stories and build a sense of camaraderie and sisterhood. This episode features Ginny Guyton, a 1985 graduate from the U.S. Military Academy. In this episode, you'll hear about Ginny's last-minute decision to apply to the Academy, about how she always had a backup plan just in case it didn't work out, yet ended up having a 20-year career in the military, some of the struggles she had as a woman attending the Academy, and how her constant desire to change and grow ultimately has her working in HR while also developing her own side hustle as a hypnotherapist. Ginny's mindset about attending an academy is one we haven't heard on the show yet, and I think you'll find it fascinating to hear. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Ginny. Thank you. It's wonderful being here, Victoria. Can you start off by telling everyone where you're from, what school you went to, and when you graduated? Sure. I'm originally from Minnesota. I went to West Point, and I graduated in 1985. Nice. Okay. And uh, can you give everyone one to two lines about who you are today? Today, I am a hypnotherapist as my side hustle. And then I also have a full-time job doing HR at Military Officer Association of America. A mother and a person who is ever looking to grow. Mm. I'm so excited to hear about this hypnotherapist piece on the side. Um, and everything else, but that piece yes. is especially interesting to me. It's powerful, powerful stuff. It really yeah, is. Super yes. cool. We don't really hear very much about that in the in the military, so that's a that's a cool little uh, side piece. So, all right. But to start, uh, let's go back to the beginning when you were deciding where to go to college. What made you choose a service academy, and what made you specifically choose West Point? Yes. So. I chose West Point because we actually had a family friend who went there. So I saw him before he was a cadet and then again after he graduated. And, and just what a profound difference there was in him and how much he had matured across those years. And I thought, oh, that's a good thing. Now, I did not get interested in West Point until my senior year of high school. And actually like the last day. So I saw him and thought, hey, I think I might apply to West Point and talked to the congressman's office. And they're like, the deadline is tomorrow, you know? (laughs) And so, so I went around to my teachers at school and I'm like, I need a letter of recommendation, you know? And in those days they were like, okay, well, we'll type one up. We'll get it to you. And I said, no, there's no time. Like they're due today. I'll be I'll be around after school to pick them up and turn them into the, the congressperson. And so it was really very much last minute. And in Minnesota, really, the service academies, at least at that time, weren't very well known. Even mm. when I was going, people would ask, they would be like, is that military? Huh. Is that in Colorado? Is that a college? Like, those were the three probably most common questions that I got about West Point. So wasn't really something people strove for. Is that in Colorado because of the Air Force Academy? Is that yes, where I think it's closest to Minnesota. And so they were just like, they've heard of something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, let's also acknowledge that this was like, you were applying in what, like 
1981. Yeah, 80, yeah. Yeah, yes. 80, probably, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, how was that received as you, you know, being a woman applying? Right. I think it was, it was certainly a novelty, right? At that time, my dad had actually been a physician in the Army. And when I was very small, we lived at West Point. So I at least knew about it from that way too, in addition to the the guy that went there. Um, And so it was for us, you know, we had a little bit more of a military knowledge in our family, um, Mm. but not, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, it was kind of just a novelty at that stage. Yes. So that's interesting. So you lived there as a kid um, when there were no women allowed there and your dad, because your dad was in the army. Um, so, right. so what was, what was his reaction when you told him you wanted to join the army? They were surprised because I originally wanted to go to school and, you know, Minnesota, maybe be a farmer. Like it was just very different. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I sprung it on them too. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm applying to West Point. I think they were excited and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, but they didn't put any pressure on me. Um, but it was really just um, a surprise, I think, but mm. very different than the course that I had been on until that time. So, yeah, yeah. well, if, if what you're saying is true, you want to be a farmer. Yes, West Point's very different. <laughs> <laughs> farmer. Exactly. And I'm like, wait, what is happening? Yes. <laughs> and again, it just moves so quickly right then, right? I'm like, I'm applying and now I need to apply tomorrow. Yes. Wow. So, and, and so, so really, you would say that the major impact was this one person that you knew. Um, what really drew you in though? So you knew about him um, right. and you saw that transformation. Uh, what else did you know about the Academy at that time? I really knew very little, honestly. Mm. And, and I look back and I think my, my dad could have prepped me better. You mm. know, um, I think now that I have um, children, I'm like, I think I would have given them a little bit more info uh, but, but really, I, my idea was, uh, actually, then I, then I got the idea I was just going to go for the summertime and run and mm. but go back to Minnesota and go to St. Olaf, which is a college in Minnesota. You mean go for like boot camp? And then yes. Then really? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay. So I had a room and everything at St. Olaf. I just really thought, okay, well, I'll go. And I knew I'd be working out. And that's where I thought I'll be running, I'll be working out. You know, I could join the cross country team at St. Olaf. And so that was my original idea. Just then, once I decided to go, then I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go for the summertime. That is so interesting. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I love hearing like like (laughs) your mind when you were like in high school, you know. I know. What was I thinking? Right. My daughter's like, what were who would think that? Yes. Yeah. 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 You were gonna, you know, just go for the summer, run. Right. No big deal. And then just go be a farmer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Exactly. It was such a different path. Yes. Yeah. None of it really made any sense you know, but in, mm. in my mind and just sort of living it in the moment, it may, it did make sense. Yeah. It made so, perfect yes. sense to you back right. then. Right. Interesting. Okay. So, um, so you started this application process at like the 11th hour, it sounds yes. like, um, did you, uh, did you even think about the other academies or was it really just West Point? Just West Point. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't even know if I would have met the deadline on the other ones. I didn't look at any of them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, 
how did that application process go? Well, it went well, I guess. I got the nomination from the congressperson and then did the, they actually had a 06 come to our house and interview me. And then we did the physical aptitude exam. So I had to go to the University of Minnesota and do this PAE. So it went, it went fine. I mean, I think it was, it just was, again, just taking it as it comes, I guess, like being in the moment yeah. um, and just, Yes. So it just went by and then suddenly I had to get a waiver for my eyesight. Mm. So I had to wait a little bit of time for that. And I think that's where the St. Olaf idea might have come back in, like to say, okay, well, mm. if I can't go. Um, so, but then I got accepted and went. Mm. Yes. So um, what kind of student were you in high school? Did you play a sport? Were you just strong academically? Um, was any of that really an issue? Did you have to prepare physically for the summer or were you in shape? Right. So I was in shape, which was good. I ran cross country and track from middle school on. So I really had that background for me. I don't even think I thought about preparing physically. I don't <laughs> think I even knew enough <laughs> to know <laughs> what I would need to prepare for. And so it was, um, and academically, I think I was a well-rounded student. Mm. You know, I wasn't like this uh, absolute scholar or this world-class athlete, you know, or this amazing, like I wasn't class president or anything like that. But I think I just had sort of the well-rounded aspect to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's just, <laughs> so, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, <laughs> applying to West Point. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so you had lived there when you were a kid um yes. and, but you got in did you see the academy like at all during that time um before you went no uh -uh. wow I, and we got there you know and and my parents came out with me which was really nice and i started our day at west point and again this is where i think my dad could have helped with something like i didn't know what low quarters were Right. And mm -hmm. it gives kind of an explanation. Remember, this is the days where you get a paper copy of something and you couldn't Google it. And so mm -hmm. I took a pair of like Sperry topsiders and I dyed them black and I took a black marker and colored the white bottom. And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> my dad let me go wearing them. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> and they my looked gosh. at my feet and they were like, what is on your feet? I'm like, low quarters? Are these perhaps low quarters? So obviously not. But yes. Wow. So it was, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to hear more about that. Tell me more about that first summer because it doesn't sound like you, it sounds like you were just planning to go and get in shape and have a good summer <laughs> and then just you know, go to a little. Right. Yeah. Yes. So tell me how that was. Was it a big shock to you? It actually ended up going fairly well. Like the first time we could call home you know, after a few weeks and I called home and I told my mom, I'm like, I'm having a great time. <laughs> and oh and my, my mom goodness. said, why are all the Minnesota boys calling home and crying? And I'm like, I don't know, but <laughs> it's the Minnesota moms talk to each other. Oh. But I think what, I think the biggest benefit for me was that I was naturally like a pretty um, good distance runner. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And they would divide us into groups, black, gray, and gold, with like black group being the fastest. And I was the only woman in the black group. Mm -hmm. And 
And it just gave me, and even at the time I thought it was kind of silly, right? It gave me this instant credibility um, where it really didn't require a lot of effort on my part. Mm -hmm. And so it made, I think that to your point, which was really insightful before about being ready physically for it, I think being able to handle it physically just made it an easier experience. And that is 100% true. I can tell you as someone who's a runner as well, like that makes such a difference because all eyes are not on you, right? Like you're right. You kind of just keep up. And especially <laughs> I also was the only woman that could keep up with the men. And when I was uh, training to be like a drill instructor, which is ah. like a boot camp for upperclassmen. And uh, it totally took the pressure off. Like the Yes, so I exactly, get that. exactly. Yeah. And, and the marching and the other stuff is just kind of feeds from that, right? Like you totally. can the distance and all of that, yes. Yeah, so. but you also energetically just seem like you kind of just went in there like, what's next? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this isn't right. scary. Like, I'm going to do this for the summer. So I think your yes. mindset was, yeah, just a little different, which is yeah. actually, I think it's great. Um, it, it is good. Although, that's <laughs> true. Ignorance is bliss. There is times. I mean, I certainly had, like, I remember there was one time where one of the company, Hayes, is like, stopped me in the mess hall. And he's like, you know, Guyton, report to my room. And I reported and he wasn't there. And, and this is a good example, I think, about like thinking of what might be, but it never is. And I kept getting more nervous. I kept going by his, his you know, room. He's not there. He's not there. And I'm overthinking it, right? And by mm. the time he finally is there, I was shaking and, mm -hmm. and just so nervous. And, and he's like, again, the Minnesota connection. He's like, my mom knows your mom. And she said to keep an eye out for you. Um, and mm -hmm. you seem like you're flirting, which of course I wasn't flirting, but what I was doing, I'm sure was laughing, right? Which mm -hmm. was not the expect, what they expect. So I get back to my room and I'm sobbing and my roommate's like, what happened? I'm like, he was really nice. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know how we can get in our head and, 100%. and worry about something. And I'm like, it, it wasn't what I was worried about at all, but I was so, I just got so nervous. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And I, th I do think like the way you applied to the Academy and just like the limited information that you had, I mean, sometimes I think there's just way too much information and you craft all these stories about what's right. going to happen before you even get there. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. I definitely yeah. did go in with the ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. Like to your point, that overthinking didn't get to happen before I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, right. This is so fascinating. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so tell me, um, if you had to sum up your time at the Academy in one word, what would it be? I would say joy. Mm. And, and I, and I think, you know, and as we talk more, you'll see, like I had the full West Point pros and cons experience, but it really, I aligned with it and it aligned with me. Mm. And well, even just the way you just described your first summer, I mean, it sounds kind of joyous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yes. good. That's good. That's, that's yes. a good word. I'm excited to hear more about this. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, so let's dive a little bit more into your time at the Academy and that transition from that first summer, because again, like your plan was, it kind of ended at that summer. So what right. changed and why did you stay and how did it go? Yes, that's a great question. So I, I really just, because I was having a good, great time, thought, well, let me stay. And I never even through my whole, you know, until like the first day of your 
uh, cow year, we call it, or your junior year, never thought, okay, I am going to be here or even certainly didn't think I'd spend a career in the army, but I, I thought, well, I'm enjoying it and it is a good fit. Again, I, I think I'm sort of naturally a, a truth teller, which w meets the service academies. You know, the fitness part was good. Um, and I wasn't like a big partier or anything like that. I was more, probably more introverted. And so it kind of it fit in that regard. So, yes. <laughs> and, mm. and then I got hit upside the head with the academics. And that was quite the, it was, it was a lot, I, yeah. I will say. Yes. So, so, okay. So when you made that decision to stay, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do think this is interesting that you like, you, you're, you're like, Oh, I'll stay for two years. Like I'll stay until, you know, right. I'm <laughs> still not fully committed yet. You're right. like, I'll yeah. just feel this thing out. Um, yes. okay. so, but so then what was your thought process about what you would do post-graduation? Although I'm kind of like asking this question, I'm like, you probably didn't think that far. Right. I don't know that I did. I think I just thought I would go back, you know, if I didn't stay, I would just go back to Minnesota again, you know, the, 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 the fallback <laughs> plan. Yes. The farming fallback. It's right. Yes. Interesting. So, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you just stayed because you had a good time during the summer. Right? <laughs> I love yes. this. This is great. Yeah. It's a great little spin. Okay. So that's cool. So Let's now dive into your time at the academy itself. So you, you make this decision. You said academics. It sounds like that was a little bit of a kind right, of a pain point. Right. Yeah, which mm -hmm. I'm sure it sounds like you were a pretty good student. Um, you said you were kind of a, a well-rounded student. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the academics are no joke at an academy. Right. You, you know that. Um, but so, yeah. So, so let's talk first about the, uh, the highlights at the academy, and then we'll dive into some of those struggles. Yeah, so I think certainly for me, the highlights are the lifelong friends, the camaraderie, the closeness that you get to people. You know, I was on cross-country track and then the marathon team and the, the friendships and the, the experiences of those teams were certainly a highlight. And I think just the, you know, just sort of the um, being part of something that's uh, you feel like this is a worthwhile mission that we're in. This is meaningful what we do. And it brings a different level to the standard college experience. I would say for all the service academies, there's just that extra oomph, that, that feeling about really thinking broader than yourself, even as a teenager. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's definitely a high point as well. I mean, we had you know, I ended up being like the only woman in my company, in my class. We had some other women from other classes. And so certainly it was a time at West Point where women were still, you know, I was getting the, which people think, think it's a compliment and it's not. Women shouldn't be here, but not you. You're different. Like mm -hmm. not a compliment, right? Mm -hmm. Sexism mm -hmm. at its, at just one different shade of it. Um, and, yeah. and I think just, yeah. So... Mm. At the time, how did you internalize that part, like that kind of comment? I think I, I, I didn't think it was, even then, did not think it was a compliment, right? I was like, that's mm -hmm. really just um, not, a, not a good way to look at the world. I mean, I think I, I don't know that I actually ever confronted somebody at that stage to say that's not, that's not a compliment. Um, 
And I think I probably just let it roll off my back. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, but you're different. Why? Because you can keep up with the runs and because right. you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get right. it. Yes. Interesting. Um, did you feel connected to the other women? Yes. And I would say the women in my class still, we get together every other year. Wow. A really strong bond. Yes. Mm-hmm. How many women were there? Do you know? About a hundred of us graduated. So wow. out of about a thousand so it was, or 1100, maybe even, I don't know, but, but about 10%. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So. Yeah. It's so funny though. I have to say this, like from my class, there were like 16 women. So it's <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. right. Really yeah. tiny number. Yeah. 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 But, um, but no, but that's, that's interesting. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you guys were close because I do know in that kind of environment, it can become competitive and women can, right. you know, not become close with each other. Right. I think we were far enough along in the classes because I think you're exactly right. Like the, all the classes before us, you know, had, we had the seniors, the firsties when we were plebes say, we saw women when it was all men, you guys shouldn't be here. Right. Like they, but, but it was just this tiny residual. And I think the classes before us, like the class of 83 is the class that has the fewest number of women who's graduated from West Point. Wow. And yeah. And I think it's just, again, like women can be hard on women, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're, they, they were breaking ground and not completely supported. And I think we had gotten through by my class, at least those first vestiges mm-hmm. of that. And then they, they yeah. yeah. It's tough. It's tough because like, you're navigating a new space and you're trying to just make it through. Everybody's in survival mode, yes. you know, and um, some, some women would take the, that comment that you got as like a compliment just to, just to get through, like, right. Like, Oh gosh, I guess I'm different. Like, Oh, thank God. You know, like, right. But I, I get what you mean. Like, it's not really a compliment. Like really, like we all belong right. here and we all yes. have different strengths. Yeah, exactly. But yes. when you're, when you're in that mode, you can be like, Oh yeah. Like I'm one of the guys, like, you know, let me just get through this. And then as a result, you, you want to be different than the other women, right? Because that helps you get through. So yeah, I guess it's not very, that's good to hear though, that by the time you got there, you you think that was like, the tide was churning a little bit with that. A little bit at least, right. I mean, it still was definitely, there was much more tide (laughs) to be had to turn, but it was at least, I think, um, better than those first few classes had. Mm, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah well okay so tell me a little bit about some of the low lights at the academy then some of the some of the I mean we're already talking about some of them but like what were some of the other struggles I know you mentioned academics right certainly on the math science engineering part of things I I struggled I sort of had a, a GPA that was split <laughs> it was like the math science engineering were not good grades and I mean not good like C's and D's and then the humanities and public affairs were like A's and B's. And so it sort of evened out at the end. Mm. But, um, but certainly on the math side of things, uh, you know, it was, it didn't come, um, you know, in the, to your point, in the overall spectrum of American culture, I'm probably pretty good at math. In the West Point Service Academy structure, I was not. Yeah. And yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so... I, I I probably would have benefited in being what we would call rock math, like the basic math to give you a little bit more background. 
but they started me in regular calculus and and I felt like it never quite all came together. Yeah. So, and then physics, you know, you take a lot of math, science, engineering. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, so. um, what did you decide to major in? And we didn't have to major like we were early enough, but I had a, um, a concentration sort of in behavioral science. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So okay. even then, right. Wow. Um, Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, I know at the Merchant Marine Academy, they don't have those options. So um, that's interesting that you had that kind of an option. That's really cool to hear. Yes. Um, even back you, then. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that being said, like with that kind of a concentration, did you, did you start to develop a plan of what you wanted to do after graduation? No, I really just, um, I think I think then it was just sort of picking my branch. So at, at some stage in there, like I said, when I started my junior cow year, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay. Then and and there even in that concentration, we had very few. Like at that time, almost all of us had exactly the same curriculum. I think there oh, were like okay. three or four classes, literally right. through the whole four years, where you could choose something. Yeah. Okay. And, yes, but I um, so I certainly wasn't thinking. I did get asked by the behavioral science and leadership department when I was a cadet to potentially come back and teach, which I did end up doing. Hmm. And so I did, um, I did have that, I guess that that was, that seed was planted at that time. And and what was that at that cow year turning point where you have to make the decision to stay or go? Um, What changed for you at that point where you're like, I'm going to keep doing this for two more years and see what happens? (laughs) Yeah, I would like to say, yeah, I put this deep thought into it. But I think, right, I think I thought this is going fine. This is good. Yes. And and I was still enjoying it, um, you know, and certainly, um, yeah. And and, and overall, the classes were, the GPA overall was average. (laughs) really bad in the good grades yeah yeah and you were you were running cross country and track and stuff so that was going well I'm assuming Um, yes Mm -hmm. okay yeah um so what are some of the other lowlights that you experienced at the academy um well I like you had an eating disorder Mm. which maybe came with the long distance running or came Mm -hmm. with you know kind of the feeling about women at the academies and what West Point at that stage called Hudson hip syndrome where yeah. women put on weight. And so, and it is, as you said, can be, can be isolating, mm-hmm. right? Because so many people do things that center around eating and drinking. And when you're not putting yourself in that situation, it, it can be sort of just, I think for me, I felt somewhat isolated as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hudson hips, like at Kings point, they have KPA Kings point, you oh, know, yes. and, uh, and because women tend to gain a lot of weight and it all goes to their hips and their uniform fits strange. And right. So, you know, yeah. And being a distance runner, you already have that mindset of, you know, being lean and all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yes. you tend to be type a, um, so, so tell me how did that, how did that manifest for you at the academy itself? Did, was it a struggle for you? Were people on you for your weight? Like yes. what, what happened there? Yes. Um, 
first, you know, my parents, because I had never really dieted or even thought about my weight on my farmer plan. Mm. Um, but my parents were certainly very concerned about me. And then that met, left my mom like sending me a lot of food. You know, she would send cookies and cookies and cookies, which I shared with, with everybody. I still have classmates that talk about the cookies my mom made. Mm. And, and then my tactical officer, you know, because I was sitting, West Point had just started diet tables at that time. So mm. I was sitting on diet tables and he, he took me off of them. But what he didn't realize, and this is probably the same at King's Point, is that the food at the regular table was, was a zillion calories, right? Like yeah. the diet table food, I was actually more inclined to eat. Yep. It was healthier. and yep. so. Um, so I ended out like not being, I would not get assigned to a table and then I would float and to sit on a diet table. Um, mm. yes. And, and I, again, I think it was, um, so, so it was skinny enough for people to notice, um, but not, you know, it's not, I didn't end up in the hospital or anything, but it was, it was pretty thin, thin days for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. my mom sent me brownies all the time and big yes. care packages and I became a really like lo beloved person yes. on my deck but uh, exactly this, yeah. yes you're yeah. right because you're sharing them like because right yeah 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 uh, so I totally mm -hmm. feel you on that that's a tough um it's a tough place to be and and you do it you uh I, I don't know there's so much fear around gaining weight in that environment Yes, yeah. just, exactly. Just from the system itself, but also just like from being a woman. So I get that. I get right. That. I even had, when I was at West Point, one of my women classmates who was 5'4", she weighed 128 pounds, and she was on the West Point overweight program wow. because 125 was her limit as, as a f person who was 5'4". Like, mm -hmm. I think they've probably changed some of their weight things mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. but to your point no 128 pound 54 woman is overweight no and and that's that culture that service academy culture that makes you think about it right like you're like oh my goodness you yeah know, but right. what about what about this like five at that time i was you know they had me tracked at five nine and the lowest weight I could be was 114 to be in standards. What five, nine women should be 114? Never, not right, not, never. not any, never. <laughs> None, right. zero, right. zero, five, nine women should be that Zero, weight. even supermodels weigh more than that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and you had muscle too, because you were running. I was running. Yeah. I was running a lot, you know, so that's not yeah. okay. And no. I, I hope they addressed that piece big time. Yes, um, yes, right. Yeah. It would be good if they got rid of the underlying culture that sort of created that. But yes. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do know, you know, because I was so um, floating on the edge of that weight, uh, the advice I was given was, oh, well, just, I'm not even kidding. Like, oh, just go and eat like some of those, you know, ho-hos and ding-dong things. And I'm like, <laughs> um, no, uh, right. that's not good. Like, you know, because I was geared towards health. I didn't yes. want to keep losing and losing and right. losing. I wanted to be healthy. What I needed was someone to help me understand what that Yes, meant. exactly. You know? yeah. Not to say ding-dongs. Well, yes, right. But that's yeah. not, 
Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't what you would ever choose to eat. No, I wouldn't right. touch that with a 10 foot pole. And, you know, my cross country coach tried to intervene a little bit um, by saying like, oh, why don't you eat like whole wheat toast with, you know, banana and peanut butter. Um, but I, you know, I was like pretty much one of the only people on the female, the you know, the women's cross country team. We were so small at that yeah, point. Yeah, you only had 16 women in your class. Yeah, right? exactly. And he was focused on the men. He was the coach for the men mm. and the women. So I wasn't really getting attention from no. him. So, and right. I was performing. I mean, I was running. Right. Decent from his enough, perspective, he yeah. was like, things are good. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that has to be available. Like you, you probably have peanut butter on the table, but you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. 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 And nobody have, was really asking like, Oh, when was the last time you menstruated? When was it like those questions right. aren't really like part of the. Right. Part Cause of you the probably questioning. stopped menstruating. I certainly did. Right. Oh, I stopped menstruating mm -hmm. during Indoc and then I didn't menstruate for like a decade. So. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, they, you know, definitely. I, I think I'd like to believe that the culture at the academies has, become more aware of some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, I know I worked at the academy, at the Merchant Marine Academy afterwards. And I, even at that time until like, you know, the mid to late, uh, early 2000s, like it was still very much a thing. Like people would come, mm, men and women actually would come to me um, with, with those issues, presenting wow. with those issues, type A, you know, so, um, mm -hmm. but, but I hope that it's, evolved and changed right and I, I that's all I can do is hope but um yeah. so well, you made a difference when you were there so that's good I hope so I don't know but yeah. I, so okay <laughs> so your weight was a big was a little bit of a low point struggle mm -hmm. um, which you know we don't need to go into it but I do understand that that there's a psychology there too like yes a, a perfectionism of like right you, you can know, control it right yeah, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. which is isolating which when you yes. mentioned and i definitely mm -hmm. experienced that um then you know that you're being reinforced because you're able to keep up on the runs so right. there's like that re and you fit into your uniforms and you're not developing <laughs> the hudson hips so you're exactly yeah being reinforced and right um i don't know how it is at west point but I, at the merchant marine academy you have group showers and like that was awkward for me being this like really thin woman and uh, there's like other judgments which made me feel more isolated yes and there's all yes. sorts of dynamics that go along with that um yeah okay we had the open showers too yeah mm -hmm. yeah interesting um yeah. so what else tell me other things that occurred well i ended out in a situation with a guy accusing me of um, performing oral sex on him in the barracks. And, and I didn't know he had even accused that because it didn't, it didn't happen. But one of my friends who was in another regiment who I had previously dated came to me and he's like, hey, this rumor is going around about you. <laughs> and so I confronted the guy, right? I'm like, this didn't happen. Um, and he he just continued to lie and then i had kissed him in the barracks which i owned and ended up with a regimental board because of that mm. and so he was um so i think it was it, it you know it's the he said she said but the he said was 
was more believed than the she said, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was definitely a time where I just tried to stick to the truth. And even in a, a situation where the company honor rep, he came to me and he's like, X, I don't want to say his name, um, came to me and he just told me you admitted the whole thing to him. And I hadn't even seen the guy, right? Wow. It wasn't even like he was basing this on any bit of truth, but, um, but we had to see the tactical officer. And I was like, at that stage, you know, again, like most, many of us started West Point 17 completely inexperienced in the sexual realm altogether. Right. Mm. Um, and so I, yeah. And, I was, well, and you know, everything you just shared about your body. I mean, you, that doesn't sound like your, you know, your sexual expression was really top of mind. Right. Right. Yeah. Was, right. Yeah. The opposite. Right. It was closing. Exactly. In. Exactly. Right. You're yes. totally detached from that feminine. Right. Yeah. You look like a, you know, like a boy. Right. A little boy. Yes. Yeah. I get matter, it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to digress for a second. I was back home in Minnesota swimming once when I was at my youngest weight and the, and it, they had adult swim at the YMCA and this guy like tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, you have to be 15 to be in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. 19 because you look like you're about nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You keep yes. yourself small and then right. as a result, you look like a kid. I get it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, right. It was not, I was not expressing myself that way at all. And, mm. but it was, it, I guess it was, um, you know, it, it made me more wary. I think I'm, I'm thankful that I reported him mm. again. I ended up with a regimental board and walking the area. And, and so did he, when, then he was out there saying that he was walking the area because I had performed oral sex on him. Right. Like it just, mm. it went, it went wrong, but it was, um, but I am grateful, I guess. So it made me feel like I was grateful. I spoke my truth. Mm -hmm. And then I put it out there, even if the results weren't spectacular. And, and I had kissed him in the barracks and that was against regulations. And, um, and I think, but it also made me a little bit wary to bring anything up in the future. Mm. You know? So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. both of those things are true. Like, yeah, I, I was glad. And my friend felt bad who brought it up to me. He's, um, but I said, no, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I, said it right grateful I did took action mm. so what's the lesson you gained from that experience that you applied to the rest of your life I think the lesson I would say now is do speak your truth mm. I, I wouldn't say I applied that consistently because yeah. there were some times I think I was like mm, you know what I've been down this road and it's not a winning road mm. but I think I think I would say at this stage the wisdom of today me would say speak my truth. And I, even like I said, even at the time I was grateful that I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you live with yourself. Right. Right. Like yes. regardless of what happens externally, right. like you have to, at the end of the day, be able to look yourself in the mirror. And if exactly. you're not speaking your truth and you're just trying to, right. you know, fit the scenario, um, it doesn't go well in the end. So. Exactly. Yes. And for me, I very much have to energetically align like i realized totally. that over time yes so. yeah mm -hmm. totally. all right well um 
so tell me, so as you start approaching graduation, um, I mean, cause you stayed, you stayed, even though all these things occurred, you decided to <laughs> <Yes>. stay, <laughs> you know, nothing stopped you, even exactly. though you weren't fully like, you know, you never left and went to that farming thing. So I never did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah. okay. So you approach graduation. What, mm-hmm. what was the plan? Originally, like almost my whole time as a cadet, I wanted to go military intelligence. Mm. And, and I thought it was very interesting. And then we did a straw poll and I didn't end up getting it. It went out really high in the class. So I thought I need to at least have a backup plan, right? Because what other branch would I want to go that I probably had a higher chance of actually getting? And because at West Point, they do it just academically down the road. And mm-hmm. so transportation is the branch. I had a professor, P, who was a transportation officer, and he just made it seem like it was, it was fun, right? That it was a good, um, good branch to be in, that you got to have a lot of opportunity. Mm. So I ended out picking it as a branch, and then I really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, matter of fact, even one of my text groups uh, today, we chat, Every few days is my fellow women transporters. Wow. Okay. So that's yeah. what you ended up doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, okay. But so, so you, you get to graduation and you, the plan is that you're going to go into transportation. Um, what else? Like, where were you going? You know, first of all, how did your family feel at this point with everything that's been going on? <laughs> you know? <laughs> They, they were good. They were, they were good with it. Like they were, um, you know, always supportive Mm -hmm. and, and and always really good communicators. Like my mom would write me almost every day. Um, and so, um, just, I think, which I think gives you a good, like that, uh, it was, it was a, a gift to have a strong family background to be able to kind of be like, oh, let me go and see how it goes, right? Well, 100%, because you felt safe, like you had right. a safety net, 100%. Right. Yep. Yes, and I'm very grateful. That is a gift, and I realize it. And, and I do occupy what I call the Ginny bubble, where like life is good. <laughs> <laughs> we but, all need a Ginny bubble, I'm telling you. We all need <laughs> oh so goodness. graduation day, um, you know, my mom, like I said, had written me every day and the traffic was terrible and she's trying to get family members around. And my tactical officer, you know, was, was in a hurry. He's like, we need to get you everybody commissioned right now. And we ended up commissioning me without my mom being present. Mm. And I think it was the closest I've ever seen my parents to divorce. I mean, my, she was like furious. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just, and I, and, and again, current day me would have waited, right? Like to mm-hmm. said to him, like, what is another 20 minutes of time? It's not going to matter in the overall mm-hmm. scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Yes. Um, but I, but, and then I got stationed at Fort Eustis, Virginia. So, okay. Yes. So um, tell me about that. Which was, which was great. We had a lot of West Point classmates there. So it was a nice community just to start. Obviously you meet other people, but it was really nice to be there. It was where at the time the home of the transportation corps was. So all of us were pretty much in the same basic course and um and then like five of us were stationed there so it ended mm-hmm. up being like what you would think of as you know and, and again my roommate from that time is still one of my closest friends and mm. she was a west point classmate um 
like what you think of as lieutenant days, right? We deployed, but we had fun. Mm. Um, it mm -hmm. was really just really fun times. So, mm. yeah. Now, how long were you there? About five years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because like six months basic course, six months advanced course, all of that was right there mm -hmm. and then stationed there too. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you enjoy what you were doing. Um, at the five year mark, what, what was the plan? Right. I just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually did 20 years in the army. Crazy. Um, this yeah. is just crazy because you just feel like, I'm just going to go run for the summer. <laughs> keep in shape. Exactly. <laughs> it went from that, it went right, from summertime keeping in shape to, to 20 years. Actually, I, I would say it even started before that. You're like, oh, I should apply. It's due tomorrow. No problem. Exactly. You don't have time to type that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, right. It, and I went back to West Point to teach in behavioral science and leadership, um, which was very cool. I got a master's degree in developmental psychology. Mm -hmm. um, you know, teaching was a, it, it, it's a cool experience. As you know, from going back, you know, you kind of see things. I thought, oh my gosh, they're so young, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you think when you're a plebe, you're like, I am an adult. And then you see them from the other side of the desk and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and I can tell you too, when you go into a soft science in your master's degree, um, it is a very different world as far, every, every aspect of it is a different world. There's like the courses are, you know, you're not taking yes. that physics, that calculus, right. all that struggle. And um, did, I'm not sure, where did you go to school? I, I ended up going to the University of Georgia. For okay. Master's degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there's that too, where it's like, no longer do you have to stand at attention when the teacher right. walks in, and, <laughs> and you know, like the other students are, they're just, it's just a different world. It's just it's a so totally different. different world. There's yes. a whole open-mindedness because you're in a soft science. Exactly. The, I get it. Yeah. Very different. Wow. Right. And you have so much more free time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did it, you do that full time? Yes, I did, which is wow. really also a gift. So two years of like full-time college and you're, you know, unlike the struggling college student, of course, you're getting paid and yeah. getting your degree. And, and really there was very little to no military requirement for me at that time during that time. So interesting. So, yeah. so it was paid for by the army and then mm -hmm. the, the plan, obviously you owe after that. Yes. Right. 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 So what did you end up doing after that? Then I ended up teaching at West okay. Point. Mm -hmm. That's when you went back to West Point. Okay. Right. Yes. Um, and then what happened? Well, then I, I got married and married a widower with three children. Now, he and I are not married now, but so three children. So I acquired three children. Wow. Which is like, as I say, my great, my life's greatest gift mm. are my three kids. Yes. And so, um, how, how old were they when you got married? Were they little? The youngest was uh, about uh, three. He had just turned four by like a couple of days wow. and okay. seven and 10. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you, were, you were in that marriage for roughly how long? 16 years. Okay. So you really raised them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And at that point, that's when you were, that was after you were working at West Point. So we met while I was working. He was teaching okay. in systems engineering. Yes. 
Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and then, mm -hmm. go ahead. So where did you go after that then? Now you have a family. You have three right. kids. Right. <laughs> this is a big difference. Yeah. It was a huge difference. We went to Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri where he was a battalion commander. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. Um, but you were still in. I was still in. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We were lucky. Like the, and the last sort of, yeah, we had, it got harder to be stationed together. You know, and I ended out, that's one of the reasons why I ended up getting out at 20, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it was more difficult. But, but, but at this time, right, that transportation branch was really good, and he was engineer, and there's, you know, a lot of engineers, a lot of different places. So mm -hmm. we, um, we were able to have some flexibility with that. So, huh. yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so, yeah. So what happens next? So you're in Missouri. Uh, raising these kids and working in the army. He's working in the army. Um, what happens next? Yeah. So then we go to um, Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, where I did command and general staff school, which he had done. He was a higher, you know, he was, he's class of 80 actually from West Point. So, mm -hmm. um, so he had already done that. And, and so it was, um, we went to Fort Leonard Wood, Fort Leavenworth, and then to the Pentagon. Ah. So then I was out here in the Pentagon. Yes. Okay. So and is that where you were for the remainder of your career or for the remainder of my career? And then he yeah. got stationed actually as the engineer in St. Paul, Minnesota. So we were there for a while. Mm, back um, in Minnesota, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which has like three active duty people in the whole state. Like it's such a, yeah. but it worked out really well. Yes. To okay. be back there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yes. So what was, what was the plan then when you got out? What was your, what did you end up doing? And what was the plan? Yes. I ended up working for a, a pharmacy benefits um, management PBM, they call themselves company. And so, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and it was kind of, you know, odd because they got out here in, I'm uh, here being DC. Um, but then I was looking for work in Minnesota, which if anyone's tried to look for work in a state you're not living in, it's a little bit harder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I actually helped Martha Raditz, um, who's uh, on the news, ABC News with the book she was writing, The Long Road Home. Hmm. So I did that for six months, kind of in the interim. Mm -hmm. And then uh, worked at this company in, in Minnesota. Wow. Yes, which and was just a West Point connection. It wasn't like, it was not something I knew anything about. Okay. Well, it's, but at some point you decided to become a hypnotherapist. So when yes. did all that start? Okay, yes. When I went through the divorce. Okay. And it Which was, makes sense. yes, I think it was just emotionally so difficult. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I felt like just became like dust. And so mm. I had a couple hypnotherapy sessions and, and I thought, okay, this really made a difference, um, for me. And then my, the person I did the sessions with, um, Grace Smith is her name. She started a school. So I thought, well, let me, my usual commitment, let me sign up. And if I don't do anything with it, that's fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I signed up and I've been a hypnotherapist since then. Wow. And it I, is so powerful. When was that? How long ago was that? 
I started, like, I've probably been a certified hypnotherapist for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, started um, you know, the school a year or two before that because it took a while. So, okay. yes. Okay. And that's what you're currently doing today. Yes. I work full-time and do hypnotherapy. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and what are you doing full-time? You said something with the military still. Yeah, HR, Military Officer Association of America. Okay, all right. But I am going to say, like, when you were floating in that lake in Brazil and you kind of let go of stuff, Yeah. That, you were in that theta brainwave state. Mm-hmm. And that's what we put people in for th- hypnotherapy, which mm-hmm. is very powerful. It, you know pushes aside all the conscious mind excuses and gets to the subconscious directly. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. So it sounds like something that's really, really good for a lot of service Academy graduates that have spent (laughs) a lot of time in their logic, you know, logic mind. Yeah. 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 And the deep healing or, or even just performance like Mm. enhancement. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it really, whatever gets your own mind, which mm-hmm. whatever you want to achieve. Yeah. Interesting. It's very cool. Wow, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. What a shift. What a shift. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I get it. Cause like when you go through a giant transition, like a divorce, um, I mean, there's a lot of ways to go through divorce. Some people don't do this, but if you're someone who's a little bit more geared towards personal development, self-reflection, self-awareness, intuition, yeah, it makes sense that you'd be gra- you'd gravitate towards something like that that really taps into like a better way to calmly go through it and reconnect with yourself and all that stuff. So it makes yes. total sense. Yeah, right. right. That's well yeah. said on your part. Yes, yeah. and I think for me it really was like finding like okay my essence, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I? And and sort of re, um, you know, yeah, recalibrating. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Well, now I have to know. Uh, so given everything you shared, uh, how do you currently feel about your decision to go to a federal service academy? Very happy. <laughs> it, it worked well for me. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. it provided me opportunities and growth that I wouldn't have had being that farmer in Minnesota and, mm. and, and experiences. And I think, um, a completely different life for me than I would have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Do you ever wonder about that? What, what it would have been like if you had gone that route of being a farmer? Once, <laughs> once <laughs> in a while, like my kids were just saying something the other day, cause my dad had something. They're like, what was that life? You know? And so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been so different. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so so what's next for you? Are you going to ever become a farmer? I need to know. Is that still? No. Okay. <laughs> I think that's off the table. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, but what yeah. is next for you? What I would like to do is to grow my hypno business. You know, my long-term goal would be really to convert over to having that be my full time instead of a side hustle. Mm-hmm. It, it's again, it just brings such deep healing into the world. And mm-hmm. so um, so I'm s- sort of just thinking through what does that path look like? Mm-hmm. You know? um, mm-hmm. And so I don't have anything definitive yet, but uh, certainly that's, that's where I would like to end out. Mm, that's awesome. I love it. Yes. Sounds like you, uh, you truly enjoy it and get it and it's impacted you tremendously. Yes. So um, 
makes sense to me. Um, all right. And uh, before we go, do you have any parting words for listeners, perhaps a key message to your fellow Service Academy sisters? Yes, I would say live your truth, trust your intuition, and breathe. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty solid advice. <laughs> I don't really have much to add on that note. <laughs> I think those are all very important things. Um, and uh, can you give listeners one random fun fact about you? Um, I still have baby teeth. That's a random fun fact. Really? How does yes. that work? How does that work? <laughs> Not all of them. But yeah. I still have three baby teeth. I don't, it just is that way. I don't know. It's a, that, so that's my, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So they just never fell out. Yeah, there's no adult tooth. <laughs> what? So, so it's just like, it just, just is still in there. It just never right. fell out. So you have a baby tooth. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That Very is odd. Every time I go to the dentist the first time. They're like, you know, you have baby teeth. I'm like, yes, I, I do know that. <laughs> so they can tell, I got to, now I have to research this. I've never heard of this before. You, yes, they yeah. can tell because the shape of the tooth. And then I think how the, the roots are. Wow. Well. Fascinating. That is a really cool random fun fact. <laughs> really cool. I feel like I know you like way more now, right? That's now. right. Exactly. That. Wow. All right. All right, Ginny. Well, Thank it's been so wonderful much. to chat with you. Can you um, give listeners uh, just where they can reach you as, and also your business as well before we oh, go? Oh, yes, sure. First, I want to also say thank you to you for having me on and what you're doing to create this network. This Service Academy Sisterhood is really just a wonderful thing for all of us. So thank you for that. And then I would say if people you know, that need to reach me, they can they can email directly at jenny.guyton at gmail.com. They can, you can get on my website, gghypnosis.com and check that out. If you want anyone who's listening, if they want to sign up for a session, they could put save 50 in there and save 50% off. Any oh, awesome. The sister awesome. sister hookup. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for doing that. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you. Yeah, I will definitely put those links in the show notes so that people can uh, can contact you if they're interested in what you're offering. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, sharing your story with the Service Academy Sorority. Thanks, Victoria. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit the Service Academy Sorority website to see photos, comprehensive show notes, and contact information for each guest. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. In addition, If you enjoy what you heard here today, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please feel free to submit your contact information on our website at www.serviceacademysorority.com.